Well, that's exactly right. What we've done is we've taken the 360, we've added a DSP, and then we've... What happened to your eyes? That big eye. You don't need eyes to see. sheriff of this county when I was 25 years old. Hard to believe. My grandfather was a lawman. Father, too. Me and him were sheriffs at the same time. Him up in Plano and me out here. I think he's pretty proud of that. I know I was. Some of the old-time sheriffs never even wore a gun. A lot of folks find that hard to believe. Jim Scarborough never carried one. That's the younger Jim. Gaston Borkins wouldn't wear one up in Comanche County. I always like to hear about the old-timers. Never missed a chance to do so. You can't help but compare yourself against the old-timers. Can't help but wonder how they'd operated these times. There's this boy I sent to the electric chair at Huntsville here a while back. My arrest and my testimony. He killed a 14-year-old girl. Papers said it was a crime of passion, but he told me there wasn't any passion to it. Told me that he'd been planning to kill somebody for about as long as he could remember. Said if they turned him out, he'd do it again. Said he knew he was going to hell. Be there in about 15 minutes. I don't know what to make of that. I sure if you don't.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Pop Culture Purgatory. This is Jeremy. This is Deason. And Chris Frendo Martins. Frendo. Frendo. You have lost in a coin toss. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't guessed it yet, yes, we're talking about 2007. 2007, blew my mind. No yeah. Country for Old Men. Let me ask you something. What's the most you ever lost in a coin toss? Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. Just call it Frendo. Willin, what's in the satchel? It's a bowl of money. He's just a guy who happened to find that money. I got a bad feeling, Llewellyn. Well, it's a mess, ain't it, Sheriff? If it ain't, it'll do till the mess gets here. I'm looking for Llewellyn Moss. You go up to his trailer? Yes. Do you want to leave a message? Yes. If I don't come back, you tell Mother I love her. Your mother's dead. Well, then I'll tell her myself. Got a loose cannon here. You think this boy Moss has got any notion of the sorts dead are hunting him? I don't know, he ought to. He's seen the same things I've seen, and it certainly made an impression on me. Just how dangerous is he? Compared to what? bubonic plague the crime you see now it's hard to even take its measure it's just all out war you can't stop what's coming is this guy supposed to be the ultimate badass you don't understand Directed by the Coen Brothers, writ, written for the yes. screen by the Coen Brothers, edited Based by the of, Coen Brothers, produced yeah. by the Coen Brothers. Like goddamn! <laughs> and and I didn't know this, and now it makes total sense. Uh, cinematography by the great Roger Deakins, baby. Yeah, oh, this yeah. thing looks fucking great. And um, <laughs> I never, I never got to to read it. Or if, wonder if I wonder if either of you guys have. But the the Carmack uh, McCarthy book, you read mm. that book? Oh yeah, I read it. I read this before okay. it came out, and then me and my brother oh. went and saw this in theaters. It they are almost identical, except wow. there is a little bit more in the book, which is like light details and stuff like that. N not too many major changes. Um, the problem. I don't know if I've ever read Cormac McCarthy's writing in, in any way. He's got yes. some fucked up books out there, but yeah. he also writes in this weird prose style. You mm -hmm. know, it's like always kind of internal monologue thoughts. It kind of sounds mm -hmm. like. And just yeah. a weird writing style. So it's kind of hard to read. Like, I remember the first time I read it, it took me a while to get used to his cadence, his writing style, uh, you know, just everything about how he kind of writes. So it's it's hard to read, but it's fucking worth reading. It's like they cool. do an incredible – the Coen brothers did, and of course, an incredible fucking job adapting 
the book to the screen. Right. I, I, I mean, I haven't even read it, and I, I just know they did a fantastic job. Um, I, I think I've read one, and I couldn't tell you what it was, but I, I, uh, I think it was mostly after seeing this it's movie. It's like one called Blood Meridian or something. Blood Meridian like, is the one I read. Yeah. It's supposed it's to be so fucking not a happy insanely, book. Yeah. Oh, it's supposed <laughs> to be like insanely brutal, almost unfilmable, and they've been trying to make a movie of it for like decades now. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen The Road. I never read The Road, but The Road's one of his books, too, which is also, again, I read that book, too, when that came out. Morose as fuck, yeah. Oh, the book is even worse, man. Like, if you thought the movie was, like, just, you know, just completely bleak, literally the fucking definition of the word, the book Mm. is even worse. It's It was, that was a hard read. But I was really into post-apocalyptic kind of shit when I first read that, so I loved it at the time, and I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to go back and read that shit. (laughs) No way. Damn, well, I gotta we say, need to give, I uh, saw this. Oh, go ahead, Tron. I mean, we need to give Cormac McCarthy a fucking call and ask him if he's okay, dude, because pretty much everything that comes out of that <laughs> dude is fucking bleak. <laughs> yeah, yep. pretty bleak. Uh, he actually well, looks got... like Llewellyn, too, which is fucking great. Oh, really? Yeah, I never dude. Up what he looks like before. Yeah. He's still uh, alive. Yeah, born in 1933. Holy shit. Holy shit. Okay. Good for that, man. Keep going. <laughs> That moroseness just keeps you going. It makes it makes the heart bit. <laughs> what, what's the line in the movie? Age will flatten a man, Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> That's very linear, Sheriff. Very linear. <laughs> I I saw this thing three times in the theaters. Oh God! That's all. I saw it twice. Yeah, yeah, I only saw it once in theaters, unfortunately. But uh, as soon as it did come out on DVD, I bought it and would watch it religiously nonstop. I mean, I, I honestly have no yeah. idea how many times I've watched it. I make it a point to watch it at least once or twice a year. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's been a while for me. So, man, really? There will yeah. be blood coming out, like, pretty close after it. Oh, like, I yes, I saw that in like, twice, too. So did I. And I always thought it's funny that they were produced by the exact same companies, Paramount Vantage and Miramax. Miramax. And then they both, oh. they, they both were um, – up for the Academy Award for Best Picture at the end of the year. It's like, goddamn, that's the fuck Miramax and fuck the wine scenes, but that they really did a good job producing those two movies in 2007. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. What a year for them, dude. What, uh, yeah. Those are two of my top three favorite movies of all time. <laughs> oh, dude, and another funny little yeah. tidbit. They actually filmed very close to each other in Marla, Texas, literally like, you know, just hundreds of yards away from each other. Wow. Um, and so the scene, uh, one day they're filming, the Coens are filming, and Paul Thomas Anderson, I think is that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the director, he yep. was testing the pyrotechnics for the oil rig thing, and oh. all that drifted into the Coen brothers' shot, so they had to shut down filming for the entire day. Holy shit. And, oh, and of course, Paul Thomas was very apologetic. He's like, I'm so fucked. You know, he's like, my, you know, horrible miscommunication, obviously. <laughs> 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 yeah, I thought that was, they, so they were shooting so close together, done by the same production companies, and they were both nominated for the Academy Award that year for Best Picture. Like, that's crazy. What a run. And this one won it, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah this okay. one won four Oscars. I think editing. Best um, acting for. Uh, best acting for Bardem, for Bardem, sure. Bardem, yeah. Um, uh, directing and Best Picture. <clears throat> Hell, man, it's fantastic. I'm surprised Tommy Lee didn't get one, man. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, I he agree. was. He, uh, I think he was nominated. Yeah. I, I hope so. Well, I mean, uh, uh, this is a this is a fanta- fantastic movie. I, co- I consider it a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, ten out of ten for me. Yeah. Yep. Ten out of ten for me. Uh, 
But I'll uh, we'll just say now, spoilers warning too. Like, yes. Yeah. I know we'll be jumping back and forth because there's lines that they say at one point that play out at other parts in the movie. So if for whatever reason you haven't seen this phenomenal movie, please watch it before you continue from right yeah, now. What are you doing? <laughs> just turn this yeah. off. And yeah. Watch it. Really, you, your taste of movie sucks if you've never. Ironically, <laughs> my boss had never seen this movie, but he he lives like out and you know no, there's no internet out where he lives and shit. He's got like the basic like twelve channel kind of thing, oh, nice. and he watched this recently for the first time like a week ago and he loved it too oh good because i remember i remember when this came out on dvd and blu-ray and stuff i remember buying it and i remember like how excited it was to show it to people that i, I was really close to and yes. they mainly fucking hated it so <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean remember, you know it's a very bleak movie yeah it's very bleak and i mean uh i remember like when drive came out and it and like uh uh, uh, uh there will be blood when those came out about those this they came out they came out around the same time i feel like three three months uh, i think it was november that this came out and then january of 2008 oh, wow. is okay. when um so literally just two three months apart okay wow. i remember those like i remember being so excited with these movies and i show them to like my family like i i hated it <laughs> it's like really that's an awesome fucking movie well, okay whatever yeah, this this movie specifically, I mean, it's not built towards your typical. Uh, here's the, the good guy wins, like your 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 common tropes of fucking like a generic western movie where you can expect to even call single western, I guess. But to like what builds up of like, I want to see this ultimate fight at the end. I want to see this. I need a happy ending. I need this 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 out of a movie. Generally, people like a general audience would expect out of a movie. You're not getting it with this, and I think that's no. what captured no. me when I first watched it. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, we should be denied of these things because the real world world is fucking chaotic and unjust. And this movie is a perfect example of that's exactly what it is. This is, what this is how shit really goes. Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, how it normally would go. <laughs> and I'm glad you said that, Tron, because you basically basically said what I was going to say. And, and like right right then and right there. I mean, it's just basic. This is I feel like this movie's like it's like the universe. It's like uh, um it's unbalanced. It's unchecked. I mean, it, it, it kind of, it kind of like, uh, all comes down to a quarter, uh, a flip of a coin or, a, a, mm-hmm. a, a conversation escalating and escalating and, and kind of confused why you even got this kind of sort of conversation with this weird fucking guy in the first place. Mm-hmm. And you could just be killed at any random time, or you could just be, Every, you things can be going gangbusters and you just get hit by a fucking car driving just doing the, the green light getting hit <laughs> right. you know, shit like that which i think that's a i, I like i really want to talk about that uh when we get to but that that car accident at, towards the oh, end yeah. i think mm-hmm. it's really fantastic and i, I think like, it says a lot about the movie i feel yeah. like that's also a trademark of cohen brothers work like it's it's there's so much more rooted in reality so to speak don't get me wrong they've got right. no you know of course a oh, brother where art thou which is basically the iliad you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah. so they got their fanciful tales but movies like this are very down to earth and fucking gritty and real this is one of the grittiest fucking movies i've seen but at the same time most beautiful looking movies yeah. i've ever seen it's inc- impeccably shot Gorgeously shot. The fact that the, there's no soundtrack. The soundtrack is. I heard it written somewhere. There is. I can't remember what it was. Was or there is. I guess it's just very. Uh, the it's majority 16, of the team. It's 16 minutes long, and it's edited for the throughout this. It, no, it's edited throughout the sound mix. So you hear oh, wow. a very little bit of it faintly uh, at the very beginning of the monologue, and then you also hear it um, when uh, Anton uh, Trigger does his uh, coin scene, the monologue. 
and then towards the end and at the ending credits. So like the the only amount of music that was recorded was oh. 16 minutes total for the two hour film. <laughs> That's crazy. I saw in a review somewhere where somebody wrote that the soundtrack to this film was the Texas wind in the background. I was like, yeah, dude, pretty yep. fucking much. <laughs> like, <laughs> I asked the same question too. I was like, is there, was there a soundtrack for this fuck, a score for this fucking movie? And then no shit, the credits came up and had soundtrack by. And I'm like, wow, okay. It's it's the the guy who did you know the main theme for Fargo. I'm sure he's done a lot of the work. Carter oh, Burwell or Burwell guy. or something like that. Yeah, love that score for Fargo. Excuse me. Oh yeah, amazing. And I've been rewatching the show and watching the movie, so it's perfect that you brought this up, Chris. Because like, oh fuck yeah, I'm already in like the the Cohen brother headspace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. That just popped up, man. It's just like mind sync on that thing. But yeah, it's, right. uh, for for a movie that has very little soundtrack, and actually for the amount of runtime, it is uh, very little dialogue too. A lot is said throughout the movie. I guess when every every time someone's saying something, it's so important and poignant, and like. There's a reason everything's being said when it happens. There's a yeah, you know, right. there's an actual considered purpose behind what's being said instead of just fucking rambling here, let's move the storyline along. This is your dialogue, this is your dialogue. Okay, let's go. Yeah. And then also like the way it's shot that for the screen to tell you what's going on without oh. it outright someone having to come out and say, like when he goes and spoiler, 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 when he goes back to the scene, the drug deal scene with the water. Like the the outside shot, you see the blood, and I didn't notice this until we're watching. You see a wet spot on the ground, mm. and like, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? And then he opens, and you can barely see the bullet hole in his head, obviously, from where someone shot him. But it's like, yeah. like that. Bro, Brolin sees that, and the first time I watched it, I never even noticed it. There's so many little subtle things like that in these in this film. Oh yeah, uh, and, and of course intentionally done. And there's there's specific things too. There's said like uh, to go back to that scene where like uh, where Llewellyn has to end up killing a dog that's charging him, right? Well, right. uh, th that is a huge fucking trope in Westerns where it's like, this is the bad guy. He killed the dog. This is the this is definitely the villain. Well, on his side, you see one side of the story because it's the whole thing is morally ambiguous for each character. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Llewellyn is seems like he's a good guy, but he's also stealing from the cartel and, you know, putting him and his wife's life at risk <laughs> to fucking yeah. for yeah. money yeah. Uh, and, and getting a lot of people killed because of it. So. Technically, he's not a great guy, but that even just that little thing where the dog's killed and then the sheriffs come and pull up afterwards, like, damn, these monsters even killed the dog. Oh, it's yeah, like absolutely. it's like just oh, something I, that small. It's like it shows the duality of, of that one little situation, which is fucking nuts. And I have to bring this up because I wrote this down in my notes. The, the dogs are referenced like three different times when three different people go out there. You know, like when they when huh. Anton and the two like business guys go out there or whatever, they're like, mm -hmm. "That's a dead dog." He's like, yes, "It is." <laughs> sure is. Way, the way <laughs> sure it. is. Yes, it is. And then later, of course, you know, you got all oh, hell's bells. They even shot the dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hell's bells. <laughs> I just, it's just funny how like little callbacks like that. You know, also at the very beginning, the the uh, when the guys in the truck begging for water, agua, you know, mm -hmm. agua por favor, he tells them right at the end, close the door because of lobos, coyotes. And the way Llewellyn says, you know, nah, there ain't there's no, nah, lobos. No, no, no lobos coming for you, but it's the way he says it. And then later you hear Tommy Lee Jones when they're out there and the guy's like, why don't you think the, the coyotes got to him? He's like, well, uh, supposedly coyotes won't eat a Mexican. So it's like <laughs> it's Llewellyn saying that without saying it. But the way he says, there ain't no lobos coming for you. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just so well written and put together. And him telling him the lobos was actually that truck that was coming, right? The, to come fucking figure out. What's coming from there? I believe they were talking about Lobos is in the fucking uh, rest of the cartel coming. 
I know because he says Cia La Puerta kills the door. I mean, even if the cartel closed the door open or shut, they're gonna shoot his ass. You know? Yeah, <laughs> true. Coyotes might not be able to get inside the truck to eat him. <clears throat> yeah, that's a rough do, way. To... <laughs> I do like uh, that scene though, where um, he's already come home with the money and he's already hid all that stuff underneath the house, and um, and then could have got away with it right there. You fucking could have got away with it right there. But I I like the fact that we um at first at least it was my first thought when i saw us uh, when i saw us back in the day when he wakes up in bed and he's like he's like ah nah i can't do it i thought he was gonna go back and drop the money back up but no he gets mm-hmm. water for the guy who's dying in the car and then yeah. it just I again mean, any escalates. person there's no way that guy is alive by the time you no. go back <laughs> no, man. Right. and that doesn't make it any right morally but it's like you said tron all this is so morally ambiguous <laughs> And he's already literally playing with fucking fire, which is oh, yeah. funny. Apparently, whenever he wakes up in Mexico in the 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 um, what are the the, the, mariachi. the mariachi are playing, they're singing a song about Icarus basically going too close to the sun and um, getting too close and getting burned by it, and basically mm-hmm. telling the story of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Go- right, right to his face, dude. Yeah, that's oh, a pretty yeah. amazing scene. Yeah, they're talking about well, you wanted to play the game and then you got too close, and well, here you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got I too agree. greedy. I, that scene uh, where Anton uh, gets out, he, he put, he gets the cuffs back in front of him, mm-hmm. where that uh, the deputy's talking on the phone, he's strangling that guy, and you see the boot marks on the linoleum, linoleum mm-hmm. floor. Um, and uh, but I had never seen somebody basically, and I don't think I don't think Anton did it on purpose because he's already fucking strangling, but like basically cut his juggler with fucking handcuffs. Yeah. I was like, man, I, I had I never seen some shit like that before. I don't think he meant to either because throughout the movie, you see him with this constant aversion to blood. He, he fucking strangles, even though he's a psychopathic killer, but he strangles the guy, cuts it, and then he then he turns his head. He has no problem having the crazy face looking fucking straight forward when yeah. the blood hits. And then later, yeah. whenever he goes into the Mexicans to uh, at Llewellyn's hotel, uh-huh. he takes his boots off and has only his socks on, goes mm-hmm. in, kills everyone, takes his socks off right there because they probably have blood on from the floor and leaves him there. Later <laughs> at the end, and spoiler fucking spoiler, 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 um, when he goes to meet Llewellyn's wife, you know, a lot of people is kind of ambiguous. Did he kill her? Doesn't he kill her? When he walks outside, he checks his boot to see if he got blood on anything at the end as well. So you know that he did kill her inside. Like, no, see, yeah. it's just like so I, I, well shot and put together. That's yeah, so smart. I, I, I agree with what you're saying uh, on that, Mike. Um, but I, at the same time, I think that um, so throughout the movie, Anton. Uh, uh, he has his coin. He does the the coin flip or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's all of chance, right? You you never you're guessing whether or not you get heads or tails. And he, well, I, yeah, I feel he's like, just you know giving into the chaos of everything in the world. You know there is yeah. no guiding light, right? right. And <laughs> I, I felt like he um uh, part of his um I don't know his belief is that the world the world is just chance, right? You you could yeah. get shot one day outside or whatever. But like I I I kind of thought. Just to make it just to, for argument's sake, that maybe he, maybe since Lubon's wife never, she decides not to say what she, what it's heads or tails, that maybe he, uh, he did leave her alive. And that's why when he gets in the car and gets in the accident, he kind of like broke sort of a law of like the universe. Like he, he's always, uh, it's always about chance with a coin. Maybe this one time, which he is why the he coin. Would get hit. And he gets hit like yeah. by the car. But yeah. the whole movie is about there's nothing to the universe. Him getting hit by the car, in my opinion, is just for chaos. the proof of just the chaos, you know? Like, yeah, just, I, mean, I get, just, I get luck too, ran man. out, basically. Yeah. My, the, yeah. One of the big reasons I think that Anton probably did kill her is uh, I mean, the, the detective said it best. Like, he, he's going to kill you just for inconveniencing him. 
And he and seems he like a, a man of his word. He himself. made a promise. Yeah, yeah, he promised that he was going to. He's like, look, man, this is just what's going to happen. And to his and word. in the book, he kills her. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't know. Oh, they actually know. write it out in the book and say, yeah, that's. What yeah. I mean, it's, God, it's damn, I need explicitly to <laughs> stated, but it's like, you know, it's like a um, a police report or something like that. Or a sheriff commenting on it. However, oh. <clears throat> the scene at the end with Llewellyn, whenever he's finally gets caught up with that, mm. sh- that is told exactly as it is in, with the movie with Tommy Lee Jones character driving up and the whole aftermath. So you don't even see it all play out in the book. It's told exactly the same way. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fantastic. Oh, I've yeah, never that, seen it the first time in a the theater. I was like, no fucking shit. Wow. <laughs> I, I had I never too. been, I, I don't remember the last time I was that surprised that he's that a main character in the movie got killed. Like out of nowhere, like, holy shit. Wow. He's dead. <laughs> Fuck. I know it blew oh, my mind when you realize that the actual main character is Tommy Lee Jones and he's only got 16 minutes of screen time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy when you realize that. Yeah. It kind of switches who you're rooting for really halfway through the movie. Uh, I mean, for given reasons for sure, but uh, I don't know that I was really rooting for anybody in this movie, to Mom, be honest. This is a piece really of either, shit. He brought his yeah. entire, his wife, he, he mm-hmm. brought everything down on top of him, and I don't blame him. Just because, I mean, who the fuck? I don't know what the fuck I would do for $2 million, dude. Exactly. I mean, who the fuck could say? And this is set in 1980. $2 million then was probably like, I don't know, 8 to $10 million now. Sure, yeah. Probably. Um, And so, you know, I mean, they were you saw all the fucking heroin those Mexicans were buying. (laughs) That was insane. Mexican brown heroin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, just, uh, yeah. And But I agree with you. Like, he's, you know, he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy, but he's making... Really fucked up questionable decisions and and gambling with other people's lives while doing so. Yeah, and he uh, he's lucky a lot of the time too, especially that scene where he escapes um, after shooting uh, Shagur through the the door. He jumps out the window, he runs around back. He oh, could have just yeah. ran, but then no, yeah. he wants to like take this guy out. He gets shot in the back. And he gets in that truck with that dude. Oh yeah, and I mean he got real fucking lucky, bastard. man. Yeah, that, that guy, guy got dude. fucked. <laughs> got totally and I fucked. guess that's another point. You know, kind of going back to what you were saying, like Llewellyn gets lucky to do this whole thing, and then it catches up with him in the end. Same with Anton, maybe. You know, this guy, how far can you go before it just, Luck runs it just out. not it doesn't work out? You know what I mean? Because uh, I think what um I think one of the biggest uh examples is is the Woody Harrison Harrison character, the the other uh, assassin or mercenary oh, yeah, Carson, is. Carson Wells. Carson, yeah. But like Look how easy he got. He just he found the money. He didn't get it. He comes back to the hotel and boom, just like that. Oh yeah, Shigur's there. Yeah, it's like that's how, he's so cocky. Yep. He's so cocky the whole fucking yep. time. And boom, he's done. And also, here's a here's a nice little funny tidbit of information. So in the book, they um the main character when he's doing the the monologue talking about you know old timers they didn't used to even wear guns you know like mm-hmm. that whole yeah, opening scene yeah. he mentions uh, he mentions two sheriffs I forget their names but those were actually sheriffs in Austin in those counties the time this movie took place in 1980. Not oh, only that in the book he oh. mentions here a, a while back they killed a federal judge in San Antonio. The judge mm-hmm. who was killed in real life was killed by Woody Harrelson's father. What? <laughs> what the fuck? No way, Woody dude. Woody Harrelson's father is a contract killer, Charles Harrelson, I believe, who um, was also he, um, impl- um, indicated to be involved with the Kennedy assassination <laughs> somehow. Or at least he said <laughs> he was involved. It, Dude, I this rabbit oh hole God. I went down in this what movie, I was just... I kept getting more popcorn and more pop. I was like, oh, my God, it's better, better. <laughs> Jason, you just blew my fucking mind, dude. That's yeah, like the craziest thing I'd ever heard about oh, yeah. any relation thing in a movie. That's fucking insane. 
Wow. Oh, yeah, dude, that's that's heavy. He was convicted <laughs> for care, uh, for killing the judge, um, uh, Woody Harrelson's father. So I mean, like you can Wikipedia, like oh, it's it's all out there. Wow, dude, he that's damn right did it for sure. Then. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he 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 admitted to it. Damn, <clears throat> to dude. killing the judge. I do like that line where he says, uh, where Tom uh, Tommy Jones says, uh, when he's talking about that kid he put he put to uh, he put in prison and got a, he got electrocuted yeah. or whatever, and he's like mm-hmm. he's like they asked him uh, like why he did. It. He's like I just knew I was gonna do it. And he's like I know I'm gonna go to hell here in about yeah, 15 minutes. Yeah, crime of passion. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I love yeah. that line after that because the way he's like you know I don't know what to make of that, and the way he says I sure do don't. Like, I don't know why, yep. but the way that's worded just sticks out. That's so fucking Texas. No wonder yes. no wonder fucking people come over here and can't figure out our goddamn language. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do don't. I sure do, sure do don't. <laughs> to touch on Tommy Lee's, uh, or I guess Ed Tom Bell uh, as a character. That is, is about as Texas as you can get, man. About as Texas as you Bell. can get. And is one of my favorite battles in this movie is a yes. battle him versus himself, uh, which is... Not he talks about it throughout the movie of him not dealing with the new chaos that's in the world, right? How yeah. time just not being having the stomach for it, shit. Not having the stomach for it, not wanting to put his chips in. I think he says at some point. Yeah, to be, at the very opening monologue, I love that line. Yeah, yeah it's it's so good. You'd have to say I'm going to take part in this world or whatever that line is. Like fuck, it's a good yeah. shit. <laughs> part yeah. of this job was that you know I'd have to put my life on the line, but. That doesn't mean I'm going to push all my chips in kind of thing. And you could see that the people that are in this movie and the battle he's having with himself, he's like, fuck, man. Like, look, I'm at retirement age, the chaos of the world. He's like, maybe I just need to step back. And you could see him battling it throughout. He sees, uh, uh, you know, uh, different characters coming in like Carson Wells, like, the, you know, uh, he's a cowboy of old school times. You know, he comes in and dies. Retired army captain. Yeah. Yeah, he comes in yeah. and dies almost immediately. Fucking his dad, his own dad. People don't understand the end of the movie, which fucking drives me crazy. But he's literally telling a dream he had of his dad, who's younger than him, who was a cowboy, who would put push his chips ahead, passing him, passing him and lighting the fire. No, I thought that was him actually meeting his dad. Oh, you're talking about the, the outlaw. Yes. Oh, man, the outro mm-hmm. monologue is awesome. Out, outro yeah. monologue. And what I believe, I mean, everyone has a theory on this. I believe he's talking about his dad was he's standing around looking at an old man who's Tommy Lee Jones himself and his dad, who's a cowboy is just running ahead, lighting the fires while he's right. sitting there. This is, I think the whole reason for the name of the movie, no country for old men is because it's a movie about the old school cowboys live fast, die young. And then Ed Tom Bell finds himself as this old man in a country where he is not welcome and not going to last welcome anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's yeah, I, always, I thought I always, I always thought the same thing too, about his father and yeah. also about the title of the movie as well, even though I think, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, most of his monologues are the title of the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes down to it, he's always talking about how this country, this country, I have really no right to be in this country anymore because I'm too old and everything's passed up and the, the violence is more brutal than it used to be. And it's mm-hmm. that fucking that whatever he was, the DA, the district attorney, or some shit in the in El Paso. He's like, like if you would told me a long time ago. I see somebody walking out of hair with green hair and yeah. got bones in the nose. Bones in, the nose. Bones in their nose. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But that whole scene, the whole scene with him at the diner, with him and that DA, it's basically the title of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, they're yeah. the old timers. They're looking yeah. at like, what in the goddamn hells is going on out here? You know, like the every- same hell. Oh, and also, I want to say, too, Kelly McDonald, um, Carla Jean, mm, she's okay. fucking Scottish, and she does the best Southern – I've heard that accent, what? like, spot the fuck on. It's yeah. She's in train spotting. She bangs Ewan McGregor in that movie, oh, Kelly you're McDonald. Right. Oh, you're so right. Yeah, holy <laughs> she's fuck. She's been in a bunch of stuff. 
Uh, oh, dude, she, I she, love the name Carla Jean too, by the way. It's such a great And this name. is coming from dudes who have lived in Texas like the majority, if not all their lives, <laughs> saying that she nailed the fucking accent. It says yeah, a lot. That, that says that, like, oh, like she should have gotten an award just for the fucking accent. And, yeah. I, and I also love <laughs> whenever off. he first comes home and he's not, he's just got a case of money. He's like, she's like, what's in the case? Oh, it's full of money. <laughs> That'll be the day. It's literally full of fucking money. Right. <laughs> oh, there was one thing I want to touch on real fast. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, that case is the exact same case that they used in Fargo to carry the money into. I fucking love that. No That's cool. Yeah, it's the exact same prop, um, oh, which you also see amazing. in the Fargo TV show, which was cool, too. Oh, cool, cool. Um, but uh, so whatever, yeah, whatever, he's walking to the back and, he, and she's just giving him shit. And he's like, you, you keep running their mouth. I'm going to take you in the back and screw you. And she's like, big talk. <laughs> 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 it's just such a funny like organic like it seems like a natural scene you know what i mean yeah, yeah. It, it, it does seem like like a, not even a written it almost just feels like an or- yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah dude oh man there's so many great scenes in here uh anton just the gas the- station oh, yeah gas let's talk on the gas station scene man the sure. coin has to say right yeah. that scene is fucking the pressure that's on i i still get fucking i know what's gonna happen the tension I, yeah the tension that's there i know what's gonna happen and the way he laughs when the attendant says that he that he married into that line of work, yeah. of, yeah. <laughs> he like almost yeah. chokes on the fucking peanuts. Yeah, yeah, he's like, <laughs> you married into it. Well, if that's how you want to say it, that's say not it, yeah. no, that's not how I'm putting it. That's the way it is. <laughs> is that what you're asking me? <laughs> I, I, I just. I like the oh. fact that he's eating the he's eating like the cashews or whatever, and he puts the the wrapper down and it starts to uh, like uh, unf- uh like rather, opening uh, up in that creepy fucking like mm-hmm. like wrapper sound. Is that what you mean? Because it creeped me the fuck out. Yeah, it's like it's like when when it starts unwrapping like unfurling itself. Or that's when like the conversation starts to go off the fucking rails. Oh, <laughs> it's <yeah>. really intense. <laughs> you know? And I love it too. <laughs> A pardon, sir. You're a bit deaf, aren't you? You married into it. Like, (laughs) I think he asked him, huh? I'm I'm sorry. After like every fucking thing he says, which is such a southern thing, too. (laughs) Say one again, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that scene is fucking like, it's so tense. And the way he treats it, too, like quarter at the end, he's don't just put that in your pocket. Oh, yeah. You can keep it in your pocket. It's your lucky lucky coin. Yeah, that's because then it'll just become a coin. Yeah, which, which it is. Is. <laughs> like it's like any it'll just Man. be like any other quarter that you haven't yeah dude but yeah but at the same you almost lost your fucking life over a coin toss over a yeah. goddamn coin but that's still your lucky coin because mm-hmm. it's the one you survived with so even though it is still a coin it is an important one to you specifically yes. and no one else on this planet it's fucking nuts <laughs> it's, it's, it's completely nuts. insane it's a it's a great metaphor for the chaos of the universe, I think, too. Is... It goes and for the chaos inside the motherfucker's brain for brain, Christ's yeah. sake. Like... <laughs> he is at the end of the day causing this chaos. So while yes. the universe is chaotic, he is a fucking vessel of like oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, evil. Just, yeah. It's concentrated sure. fucking chaos. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like um he, so, it's like he go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you're good, buddy. Uh so all right. Just to make uh, sort of clarify this, so Anton is hired by, he's hired by Milton from off from Office Space, right? Yes, to retrieve this money. Correct, but Mm. that guy also hires the Mexicans to do it at the same time. Ah, yes. Carson Wells is another employee of uh, Woody Harrelson of 
Stephen Root, you know, to another Stephen one Root, he's yeah. bringing into the fucking Root or to the mix. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I mean, think about it. You know, two million dollars. Also, like, I never, I always was curious as to why the drug deal went bad. Like, that's never really explained. You, just, you know, yeah. this is fucking. No. And so I think I figured it out. I bet that the guy started counting because when you see Llewellyn Moss take the transporter out, you see a couple hundreds on the front, but on the back, it's all $1 bills, like bills. nonstop. Oh. And so I guarantee that motherfucker who had the case out by the tree was counting it and saw that, said something, gunfire erupts, he fucking gets out, and that's you know when it all hits the fan. Oh, right. shit. Which makes, it, which makes it even deeper because now – Llewellyn basically died for really nothing and his wife. Because <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, a shitload more money they had to begin with, but not worth what fucking came for. Not right worth that shit. <laughs> no, not, <laughs> not at all. At all. <laughs> yeah. And I, I assume that Sugar gets the money at the end because the vent is off uh, in the motel room, right? Well, you don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. The money or, the, or the Mexicans you never got it. see the money get retrieved by anyone. So it's it's kind no. of up in the air. Yeah, for which I, I love that. I love all that. So yeah, for all same. I know, it just fast forward. It, it just this said eighty. Fargo's eighty-seven. It's the exact same money that they found. <laughs> 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 it all ties together. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Dude, oh, could you imagine? <laughs> That'd be beautiful. <laughs> but I mean, there's so much about this movie that I love. Some the acting, everything about it. Even that opening sequence when he's hunting, and you uh-huh. see the way the clouds like kind of lay over the land when oh, that's moving. Yeah. It's just so. It's so beautifully shot, man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it could be an analogy every, for like the darkness coming his way too. You know, I, I agree. Mean? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. yeah. They do great with analogy in this movie. There's so many moments where they do that, and then There's, also just upright. Like, what what even genre would you guys describe this movie as if you were trying to put it in a genre? Western crime. Yeah, Western like crime, drama. neo Western noir <laughs> crime western. <laughs> I mean, but everything about this feels very Western to me. The stakes are just amped up exponentially. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It's like a very modern style Western for sure. doesn't follow a lot of the classic Western things, but at the same time does. No, no. All the classic Westerns you survived until Clint Eastwood started making them. <laughs> 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 then he's raping bitches and killing everyone yeah, as a is, fucking yeah. ghost. <laughs> no, <he's> a ghost. <laughs> fucking Fulton guys, fucker. Uh, so I don't know if you guys knew this, but fucking uh, Heath Ledger was was pitted to be Llewellyn Moss in this movie, and he turned it down to spend time with his. He just had a baby at the time. Oh, uh, okay. Daughter at the time, so he turned it down. So we could have seen a Heath Ledger, although I don't know that I would want it. just because I Roland's, I, 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 Roland's so. a fucking beast in it. So this, I don't know. This that relaunched his his whole career. I don't. What's the last movie you remember Josh Brolin in before this film? Oh, Goonies for me. Mimic, holy fuck, I always forget he's yeah. in that. Mimic, Mimic Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> Goonies. Goonies. You go that, that far back. Career director trajectory for me was like, well, you know, a flat line and then a fucking skyrocket in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, feel like he, I feel like he's in one of those 80s, um, uh, besides Goonies, obviously, but one of those 80s, like, uh, you know, like gang sort of white kid gang movies, but I could be wrong about that. Like Tough Turf or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Oh, seven was a, a huge year for him, dude. He did Grindhouse uh, in the Valley of Ela. He did American Gangster. This is a detective oh, yeah. in American Gangster. Yeah. So, yeah, he did he did pretty well for himself. Right, and then and then not yeah. too many years down the road, he got fucking. Thanos and started playing in the Deadpool things. Oh, and then it's Sicario too, like another great fucking Sicario. Oh, Sicario, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, always love, always love the guy. He's, he's he got a real, he got a natural charisma about him. Um, I like his look. He's a good looking dude. Yeah. I think this swagger, like he, he really pulls off this. This is like a real life. We, we all feel the same way. This is like a real mm. life character in Texas. Like no joke. Yeah. I've seen yeah. this guy before. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, I was uh, Mike was talking about before, but I love that whole hunting scene. Like, there's no fucking dialogue, just like walking around, tracking stuff, <laughs> looking through binoculars. I mean, it's just all super tense. And then you've seen this for the very first time when he comes upon that fucking shootout when the drug deal went bad. It's it was it's super surprising. It's super intense. Mm. I mean, the movie is scary at times, like in it the is. dark. When like yeah, when uh he goes to that, that next hotel and um he finds that tracker. And then mm. he, um, and then he hears like a slight clink or whatever. Then he calls the guy, the the guy downstairs, and they don't pick Doesn't up. Doesn't answer. Doesn't yeah. answer. Yep. He gets a shot. And catches a fucking lock to the chest, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, we, haven't we haven't mentioned that yet, but this was pretty, also pretty revolutionary in a movie at the times, in my opinion. I'd never seen anything like oh, this yeah. before. But Anton Sugar, the, the main bad guy in here, um, he carries around a, basically a. a propane bottle with a hose it's basically what you use it's a bolt gun you, you kill cattle with yeah but he's carrying it around with him and he's killing people he's shooting people in the fucking forehead with it and it was like <laughs> seeing it for the first time i was like what the fuck is this it's amazing it's brutal you know? and then right. and then the, he also has the silent shotgun which i think we all know doesn't work in real life but it's such a oh, cool no. movie yeah it was cool so yeah. yeah it wasn't a thing the coen brothers had it built specifically for this movie and it actually tested it and actually worked up to three shots Wow. Oh, and, really? then, and then Mythbusters, I think, was the one who tried to do it uh, a few years later. And then uh, and then someone else actually has built a suppressor for a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's if there's wild. a will, there's a way in fucking Texas, boys. Want to yeah, get off the guns. Guns. <laughs> guns. I mean, even with standard suppressors on guns, they're still loud as fuck, dude. Like, they're loud. Oh, yeah, it's like someone clapping right next to your ear, basically. Yeah, it's <laughs> like like it, you know where you get that light ring, but it's not like a gunshot with no air protection where you're like, I right. can't hear me. <laughs> yeah, it's never Just gonna sound like at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's never gonna sound that really cool. That really cool sound it makes in movies and stuff. But it's not like it's it's well, more believable. It's more believable than fucking. Uh, that movie Steven Skull where he uses like a fucking uh, 16 ounce Sprite Sprite ball or some shit takes <laughs> over 45. You know what I mean? So more believable here. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the, the weapons are fucking great in here, dude. Uh, especially specifically those two. And how he uses it to um, again hits Llewellyn right in the chest with a fucking lock when he's sitting there with a loaded shotgun, the sawed off just pointing at him. The, yeah, the, I, 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 I got, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, the amount, the amount of the, what that must feel like to get that thing punched into your fucking chest, yeah, and you could yeah. hear him slightly go. <coughs> <like that. laughs> so great of a scene, dude. That's all I was hey. gonna say. Also, when he kills uh, Woody Harrelson, that's another one example of his kind of aversion to blood. He shoots the guy, and he sits there while he's on the phone for a second, and then he puts his feet up. So I'm assuming that's when the blood started trickling for towards him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then he gets his feet out of the way. Like you get a shot of it, and he puts his feet on the bed, and yeah, he won't yeah. touch the blood. And then him checking his shoot is the end poor carla jane i loved you carla <laughs> damn dude i never picked up on his aversion to blood but you're completely right every scene that he's around it he tries to just avoid it yeah. even though he's you know bloodbath fucking chigger over he probably there. views it's beneath him you know what i mean like yeah oh i agree i totally agree you know, get your body fluids away from me kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> That's why and it's I, so they, surprising when he gets when he gets fucking shot when Llewellyn shoots him into the leg and he has to go to the pharmacy and all that stuff. It's it's weird seeing him 
actually oh, that wounded. pharmacy scene how fucking badass is that shit dude oh, amazing. Yeah. blows up a car just to go inside and steal some drugs <laughs> <laughs> but yeah to see him wounded you're right jeremy that was that was like a weird thing too because you're like oh then he's just a super villain but it's like he's no like he's a fucking terminator the whole time you know right I mean? like, yeah. goddamn. That, that's what made it great it's like no he's he's not immune to the chaos of the world either especially not by getting hit by a fucking car sometimes you know they get a compound yeah. fracture in his fucking elbow man you said fucking bone that's <laughs> Yeah, the kids. Mister, you got a bone sticking out your arm. <laughs> hey, mister. Look at that fucking bone. I like um, how he offers kids money too for the for yeah. It, that's I feel like that's kind of like a flash over to when Llewellyn was over there on the border buying uh, clothes from the kids, and the kids are just like, yeah, sure, here we go, here's the deal. But yeah, even getting hit by a car, Mister, I would have given it to you anyways, like kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Mister. Yeah, little Mister. Uh, uh, Carol, uh, oh, I almost said Carol Ann. Oh. <laughs> <But, laughs> Carol Ann. Uh, uh, Llewellyn's wife, um, Carla Jean. It, yeah, Carla Jean. Yeah, Carla Jean. Uh, her mom dies too. Like he's, oh. she gets cancer and she dies. And then, sure enough, she goes back home and she dies. And it's like it's such yeah. a tragic and it's, you know, it's just again. It's that's why sad. I think the movie's such. It's very sad, but like it's like that. Um, you know, the, the universe is so unbalanced, man. You never know what the fuck's going to happen. It's so unforgiving. That, yeah, you know, and unforgiving. Yeah. I well, could have a whole fucking you... existential discussion on this for hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we ain't going that far, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy, could we. <laughs> I mean, even at the end where, like, when Tommy, you know, Tommy Jones is retired and everything and, like, he's talking to his wife and he's like, well, I thought I'd, you know, help out around the house. And she's like, please don't. And he's like, well, you know, maybe I'll go ride the horse. You want to come with me? He's like, she's like, I'm not the one retired. You are. And he's at this whole like, of him just sitting at the table, so fucking sad. Like, like oh, try, try to figure out what's next. I mean, you know, he's been a right. sheriff since he was 25 years old. That's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. he talks to his uncle, right? Before that, yeah. I thought oh, that I think was, it's his yeah, cousin, right? I I thought it was his dad or not dad. Uh, not dad. Like. Like, Uncle, I thought it was some kind of, because he says, did you ever hear about what happened to Uncle Max? So maybe you're right. Maybe Cousin. I think Cousin, yeah. I think I when I was reading up about the character itself, I think it was Cousin. Okay, right. Because that's yeah. what he says. Did you ever hear about what happened where they just show up and shoot him, the guy on the doorstep? And that was yeah. the end of that. Like, goddamn. Yeah. Yeah, 1909, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what he say in the year? He's yeah. in the year. I love that scene. It's One nine oh nine. <laughs> it's like that lady in the in the uh, the trailer park, the uh, the manager lady. When Anton comes in, he's like, uh, talk, he's asking where Llew uh, Llewellyn is, and he's she's like, well, did you go to this trailer? He's like, yeah. She's like, well, then he's probably at work. He's like, where's your work? She's like, I, I can't, can't give you that information. Yo, yeah. <laughs> Where's Did you not hear me? I can't give out no information about our <laughs> residence. <laughs> that, that look, you can see the fucking mm -hmm. evil. Like I'm, I'm gonna kill you. This is gonna, I, you're gonna die. <laughs> and then, then that fucking toilet flushes and he leaves. Like, cool bitch, you don't even know how lucky you just got. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's the that's your southern hospitality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But she plays like that exact character, and we all know who that lady is here in Texas. Oh yeah, all the women in my church for I grew up with literally <laughs> Ooh, yeah. all of the ladies in the choir. <laughs> two, two, yeah. two, plays as well. But that that whole scene too also builds into Chigger's uh, complete randomness is is him as a character and, and the chaos keeps coming up. But uh, you'll there's a scene too where he'll like just randomly shoot a bird as he's driving by. But yeah. you'll see the like bird the survived, but man, he was going for it. <laughs> he was going for 
for it. But then there's other scenes where he's not just a you know maniacal guy that just kills every animal he comes across. Because there's that scene where the cat was left in the lobby of uh, where that receptionist was that was killed too. That was lapping up blood and was like, well, I guess we'll just let the cat live too. And or maybe he was in a hurry at that point. I don't know. Or maybe he just didn't have time. You know, kill the yeah. guy at the desk, go upstairs and get the main. <laughs> I'd been in a hurry. Had he, had he had been like, you know what? If I'm just gonna take a little break, I'm gonna kill this fucking cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he was definitely more focused on ah, Llewellyn. So I found I figured out where the name of the movie itself comes from. Obviously, for I mean, there's a theme throughout the movie and the book itself. But uh, the title's taken from the opening of a 20th century Irish poet, William Butler Yeats poem, Sailing to Byzantium, which is fucking that's way the hell out there. But hmm. <clears throat> let me y'all want me to rattle off this poem? It's Go quick. for it. Sure. OK, it says that is no country for old men, the young in one other's arms, birds in the trees, those dying generations at their song. The salmon falls, the mackerel crowded seas, fish, flesh, or fowl commend all summer long. Whatever's begotten, born, and dies, caught in all that central music, all neglect, monuments of unaging intellect. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Very heavy. <laughs> I probably have to read that five times before I fully fucking immerse into it. But yeah, yeah that's, I have to hear uh, it, read a couple more times. But yeah, yeah, it's one of those things you're gonna have to read a few times before you really sinks in. But very clearly, the the theme of it is the world is for the young, basically. Yeah, yeah, especially in times of violence. Especially wow. in times of violence, yes, which is the theme. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's the backbone of the movie. The world is for the young for in times of violence. <laughs> How'd you guys feel the first time you watched this movie about the ending? Because there's a lot of people who are pissed off at it. And I, yeah, go on. I, so I had read the book and I, uh, in hindsight, I kind of wish I had not done that before. But I, that was at the point in my life where like if a movie was getting made by a book, I immediately went and read the book mm-hmm. so I could compare because I was fucking uh, I don't know, masochist, I guess. <laughs> like, I have, to, <laughs> I have to make it a chore instead of just enjoying both the fucking experiences. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But, um, I um, so basically, the book is almost it's, it's very similar, very identical. So I knew the bleakness that was heading my way. So for me, I kind of had a, I guess, a leg up. I knew what was coming. Now, had I, at that point in time, you don't really see movies that end like this. So, yeah, I probably would have been, like, devastated. Like, Jesus Christ, like, everyone just fucking dies, you know? Like, yeah. god damn. But that's the nature of reality sometimes. Um, It didn't bother me at all. I thought it was a great movie. I mean, I just, that's where, I mean, I, I felt like I have seen tons of Coen movies by this time. And it just felt fitting. Like, all right, this is the end. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Wow, you're right. Yeah, that's actually that was I was never upset about it. But a lot of the people, again, if you're trying to and y'all did the same thing I did as soon as I got on DVD, anyone that was around me, I was like, we're fucking sitting down and watching this. Yeah. And you get half the people go, what the fuck? Why did it just end like that? I don't understand. And the other half were like, I fucking get it. This is this is incredible. I, this is a piece of art. And so it's you can see why, you know, they don't get the big battle at the end. Like I was saying at the start of this episode, you don't get the big uh good guy versus bad guy battle when you when you see right. that they don't even show how the fucking antagonist dies or no. protagonist dies well, sorry protagonist yeah protagonist dies uh you, you literally just see ed tom bell rolling up to a hotel room and he's just laying there shot to death and it's just like well that's the end of his well, no, story no, you see llewellyn laying down or llewellyn yeah yeah, yeah llewellyn's llewellyn. right you see ed tom bell roll in and that's the end of llewellyn's story who you've been you know chasing after this whole fucking time so yeah that's just it they're like yeah no big 
uh, Anton Chigger and fucking Llewellyn Moss fight out, and it's just this is what you get. This is what I happens. Mean, it's all the main big things happen off screen. The drug deal going bad, that's off screen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there, there are obviously many deaths on screen, but like like you said, the main people you want to see and follow, like, how the fuck did this all begin? I would have loved to actually seen that play out. But that just goes to the genius of the Coen brothers and how they just use imagery and shots to kind of also at least give you an idea of what happened without explicitly showing it. Blows my mind. Right, right. Well, I, I had a question for you guys. Maybe you mm-hmm. can answer this. I, I, and I... Again, it's been a while since I've seen this. So, but all right, there's that scene where Anton goes to the hotel, the first that that first hotel where he tracks the money, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he goes to room 138, right? And uh, yeah, I like he, that. Nice. He, he he shoots the bolt, um, and he kills that the best can do in the bed, and the other guy that comes out of the bathroom with the Uzi, and there's a guy in the shower, and that he sees in the mirror, and he comes up to him, and he he says. No me mata. Um, how do you find that? Yeah. What does he mean by that? Before he shoots him. So how did you uh, find the the, the money? How did you find the money? Because so he yeah he was oh, looking that's at the precious that Stephen Root sent both guys after them the Mexicans okay. and yeah that's it's, that's it's, why it, he goes and kills Stephen Root and then the yeah. warriors just standing behind him <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> do you see me? <laughs> I, I I always thought um, it makes total sense now. I feel like an idiot for even asking that question, but. Um, I also I also thought he he kind of meant like the like the him shooting all these people in this bedroom and asking him how do you find that like how do, basically how that make you feel like no not not at all dude I discover something new about this movie every fucking time I watch okay. it and I probably watch it a hundred oh, times and I'm like oh fuck me that's too, that's what that connection was because the first time I watched it I made so few connections on what the fuck was going on like. Yeah. There's, and I think that's why a lot of people didn't like it in theaters because they're used to everything being explicitly explained yes. rather than deducing fed. on their own. Yeah. yeah, my dad was perfect example, man. Anytime there was any like 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 this, say uh, just for example, uh, what's the fucking movie with uh, Guy Pierce, the Nolan movie, where he has memory loss? Uh, Memento. Oh, Memento. Oh and yeah, great fucking movie. But my dad fucking hated it. He's like, like, why do you keep going back in the past, man? It makes the story all confusing. Like, it's really interesting though. Think about right. a dude who forgets everyday tattoos, shit to remember on his body. That's a, that's a movie. As soon as you finish it, you rewatch it immediately. Yeah, you immediately want to start it over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, when you're in the theater, when I, I saw this in Huntsville. I mean, I guarantee you all those old people were like. Well, it's got it's time to Lee Jones and it looks they got cowboys in it, so I gotta see it. And it's not a cowboy mm. movie. So you yeah. know it's 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 like when they went when all the old people went and saw Brokeback Mountain in Huntsville. Like like I, I don't think you know what you're getting yourself into, man. But I mean, God I, bless I you. I kinda disagree. This does feel like a cowboy movie. This feels very western cowboy Indians, good versus not, evil to me. Yeah, without yeah. the without the typical good guy always triumphs in that's it, my, that's but my, like everything that's else my about it, yeah. But yeah, I think like, like Jeremy's you know, saying you don't get high the... water. That's a Western to me, you know? Yeah, it feels yeah. very Western to me, yeah. <laughs> I think like Jeremy's saying, you don't get the satisfactions of a Western that a typical Western would feed you, right? It's, it's... it's that's, okay. what, that's what, that's what <laughs> you guys are saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what... Except Clint Eastwood, yes. But like, um, <laughs> but that's what people are... That's It's like every time I go see a movie... I see, I'm sure you guys feel this way too when you go see a movie like... Uh, into the void or like mm. you'll see the witch or whatever and everybody like oh. or annihilation like you'll see movies like that like like mm-hmm. give it to me simple make the at least make the ending make sense well it doesn't always have to make sense it can still be a fucking really good movie and i thought yeah. this was pretty clear as day it makes this movie makes a lot of sense at the end if you want to think about it you know yeah this is this is my top three 
on my favorite movies, and it took me probably 15 years to figure out what the fuck the end was actually <laughs> <Yeah>. meant. <laughs> it took growing into the ending to figure out what the fuck it was about. Yeah. And I could still be and completely like fucking wrong. So much... No, I, yeah, right. I feel like that, <laughs> I agree, man. Every time I rewatch it, there's something new I spot, something new I see. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That explains a connection to something else in the movie. It's it's not it's not a typical like handed to you like it's spoon fed again. But yeah, it's it's just or like a TV show where like why are we would why would we need this type of thing for this exact mission? And then they right. just like proceed. <laughs> well, like, well, here's this, the background. This, oh, this, like that shit gets so tiring after sometimes. You know? <laughs> yeah, this this movie moves in real time and it doesn't wait for you to catch up. It's like you, yeah. you'll either get it immediately or watch it a few times like I had to because my brain's pretty fucking slow. So it took quite a few watches before I was putting together what everything, you know, all the workings of the actual plot and what was happening. But uh, more importantly than the plot, the first time I watched it, I knew it was a fucking masterpiece, not only because of the acting, uh, the cinematography. Holy oh, fuck yeah. behind this. My boy, dude. Roger Deakins, man. Roger Deakins, yeah. man. Fucking kills it, man. So it, it intentionally, a lot of the characters are left alone uh, or singled out. They did a great job on super close up on characters, like feeling like they're isolating characters, even with, if they're around somebody else to like give you that claustrophobic feel. Yeah. Uh, they give the good, they do a really good job of changing angles on different characters. Like when Anton's, uh, it'll put the camera like underneath him where you're like looking into his fucking nose <laughs> to kind of disconnect you from who the character is for a minute. And I've there's, got there's... A yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got an air compressor right there, dude. Just know that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, mean, this, it's, this it's movie classic, is it's cl- classic Coens, man. They just sort of, they, they find the right cinematographer. They know, they, they know, where, they know where to put their shots and make a really beautiful, you know, scene. I mean, and I agree with you, the, the claustrophobia, I think it also has a lot to do with, in my opinion, Texas, small, Texas. like everything's like the towns are small. Yeah, uh, but the, the land is remote and vast, so it's yeah, the juxtaposition of that, you know? Right. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of miles of fucking nothing. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Humanity <laughs> fighting the desert, dude. Fucking yeah. Texas, yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, I don't really like living here very much, but I mean, I, I think it's a great place to shoot a movie. I mean, look at that movie we covered a long time ago called well, Paris, dude, Texas. Building a big production studio out here in San Marcos. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm thinking about looking at jobs. <laughs> dude, seriously. <laughs> if you could shoot. do like stage building shit, dude, that would be fucking sick. Oh yeah. Oh. Boy, I, Her- even Harrison Ford started as a carpenter. <laughs> there you go, dude. <laughs> That's really then he cool, shot though. first. <laughs> uh, but I think I think a, tech, a small town in Texas is a great place to set movies like this. I mean, I mean, kind well, of what's simple is kind of like Tom- this. You know. I'm sorry. This was shot on Tommy Lee Jones' property in West Texas. Oh shit! Well, there and because um, they originally started shooting in Nevada and Arizona, and he convinced them to shoot in West Texas. <clears throat> Better Crazy. for it, in my opinion. Better for it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got another question to ask you guys. All right. So, eventually, we meet Woody Harrelson's character, and he finds Lou Allen in the hospital, and um, they have their little talk. Wherever, and he, he's like, "Hey, listen, if you want to talk to me, I'm staying at this hotel, and it's the same hotel." That Lou Ellen was at, right? That he just escaped from, correct? It looks exactly the same. It could, it could be. I Maybe. mean, such a yeah, small, small towns like that have very few hotels. Like, especially right. 1980s oh, small yes. town Texas. Maybe you're lucky to have that one hotel. So that very well could have been the case. 
Because I was confused. I'm like, this is like the this is the exact same place. Wouldn't this? Wouldn't the police have shut this fucking place down? They just well, mopped I up the blood. <laughs> they just all look the fucking same. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True that. Oh, the hell, Those the pro- production pro- company probably used them. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or reused. Yeah, that old um, doors exposed to the fucking parking lot kind of single story. Oh, mm-hmm. I've been in a few of those, man. That's fucking oh, yeah. rough. Oh, those rough. are rough. They've probably been around since the '80s too. Oh yeah. Motel Hell. <laughs> <laughs> did they have, did you ever say what year it is in this movie? 1980. It's 1980. They do yeah. say it? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. You I can, don't think they I don't say think it. It's explicitly stated. It's good. No, no. Go you you have more knowledge on this than I do. No, I, I don't know if it's explicitly stated. It's it's they they reference events in this movie. I had to go to the trivia to figure out what year it was. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I'm just basing it and off actually, of what's no, being said I, to the Actually, no, that's what it is. Whenever he pops the fucking the VIN number on the side of the truck, if you freeze it, I'm pretty sure you can see the year on it. Okay. Wow, that's intense. I For a definite. Because he For also that, like, that car that's on fire. Um, to Huntley Jones. Oh, that is looks the, like 1977 Ford. <laughs> no, yeah, that one. <laughs> when you think Wendell, I say so sure. But uh, uh, yeah, so you never, you never really, you never really know. Like, what, it could be like, uh, like, like late 70s to like. Uh, early 80s. It's pretty cool. Like you never really, so you I wrote that in my notes, and it pisses me off. I wrote it set in late 70s, 1980s, and I went back and scratched it and put 1980. So I had to have found something that definitively said that. <laughs> right, right on, right on. Right. I, and if not, I think it's the cars and the dressing and the, I, the you know, that everything around it just screams 1970s, late 70s, 1980s. early 80s. Yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah, I think it's pretty easy to pinpoint that. Even the attitude of people. At the time, the small town Texas vibe. I mean, that still exists isolated in a lot of small town Texas. Nothing's yeah, changed in a right lot the, of it, but yeah, the fact if you if you find an empty truck on a Saturday, you're not going to get the VIN number information until Monday morning. There's no looking up <laughs> mm-hmm. online. There's no right. internet. There's no nothing like that. <laughs> that's why I think it was. That's why I think it was like a great. Uh, I think I, I give a. Lot of, uh, I think that's why I, we should give a lot of kudos to Tommy Lee convincing those guys to do West Texas because that small town, they don't really change. Like you guys are saying, they don't change, but they still look really fucking old. So, I mean, yeah, that, that this movie's 2007. I mean, that place, that town probably looked like that in 2007. They don't change well, very often. I was driving through Martindale the other day and it looks exactly like this fucking town does in 2020 uh. fucking two. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some shit just don't change. Yeah, man. Downtown, like downtown Huntsville. They've never changed. It's the same old buildings. Even Conroe's yeah. got those old weird look. Yeah, those old. I do love that look, though. I'm, I'm a, I do, too. I'm a too. sucker for the aesthetics. <laughs> I do, too. But it's all the small towns up here are the same, too. Downtown Round Rock's the same. All the fucking... Yeah, it's it's all that old school, and I love it too. Old school Texas town. They start repurposing it, you know, get more bars there, and they're. I, th- I think all across yeah. these these all the ones we just talked about, they're all doing that too. They're they're trying to do the new district kind of thing, but yeah, uh, yeah that the what's fucking crazy is the way that uh, Tommy Lee to get off topic. Tommy Lee Jones' character uh, seems like he is a descendant of like the old school Texas Rangers, which are like the toughest fucking dudes of all time. Just yeah. like yeah. brutal border well, mortar. I think so. I, I don't know. Oh, no, he says he was sheriff. He said my dad and and, and his grandpa at the same time in different counties. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, my dad he was, was proud of that. His dad was. Sheriff. Yeah. yeah. I like think yeah. he would be proud of that. I like that. Yeah. I think he's proud of that. I know I was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which leads I'll, me to believe that uh, that's one of the things, too. They don't tell you how his father dies. I would I would think that's that why he I probably... thought at first that was his dad that he goes and visits at the end. Me, too. But he's yeah, like a granddaddy. They, they're too similar in age. But no, he does say that his father was was younger than he is. 
So he's much older than his father was when he died. The speech at the very end of the movie, he goes into that. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, on that, I would think he died in the line of duty, which is, again, like, bring it back. And I think that's why he's like, you know, I was proud of that. When he's talking about himself as a young sheriff, when he was a young gun, right? Like, he, that's when he was still active and not in a country for old men, in a country for a young dude. But he yeah, was in a so, time that made sense to what he knew. Right, exactly. Yeah. And they didn't care, and a lot of sheriffs didn't carry guns. Right. right. It was really interesting. So, but a lot of peace came after those fucking rangers killed everybody, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense when you wipe the slate clean. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of peace going on out here because as soon as anybody just looked the wrong way, you just get them. And that was it. <laughs> America! Fuck you! Fuck Coming again with my cold no team fighting fuck yeah! <laughs> insane. Yeah, it's um pretty it's pr- pretty fucking powerful shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen, hands down. Same. Yeah. No doubt. No fucking doubt, dude. I think about this movie constantly, man. There's a lot of shit that comes up in personal life. I'm like, damn, dude. Like I should watch old No Country for Old Men again. Just get a fucking get that vibe. Back. Old Country for No Men. Old Country for No Men. Yeah. I mean that's the where we're at now. Six thousand years. <laughs> if we're lucky. If we're lucky, dude. Yes. We don't yes. nuke each other, and the ice caps aren't fully melted by then. Right. What about, what about that line that Woody Harrelson says before he leaves um, the office, and he's like, you know, I was counting the floors on the way up here, and it seems like you're missing one. I love that. I love that line. I love yeah, that because obviously that's where all their illegal activities go on. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve Roos like, I'll look into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on. Yeah. We'll get on it or some yeah. shit. It's fantastic. God He's getting paid twelve hundred dollars a day. God, back in the eighties, man. Eighties, kind of money in nineteen eighty. Oh, yeah, no shit. But is it worth your life? I don't know what kind of price I'd put to go hunt down a fucking lunatic. He uh, says, Stephen Root asked him, how how bad is uh, Anton? He's like, uh, compared to compared what? To the bubonic, bubonic, bubonic plague. plague. Yeah. <laughs> bubonic plague. And I've, I've been re-watching the Fargo show, and so I see so many callbacks. I feel uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character is so reminiscent of mm. Anton Trigger, in my opinion. Obviously, Javier Bardem is just like fucking, a, you know, in a whole other category in terms of acting. But I love yeah. Billy Bob's portrayal. Billy Bob's too. so good in that, dude. But there's a call back to that line in the second season. Uh, the 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 sheriff asked the wife, you know, like you know, compared to what or no, like he asked her something. She's like, what compared to what the love canal? But it's like the exact same delivery, exact <laughs> oh, okay, same cadence. Okay. I love shit like that. So sure. I ran through season one and I oh actually, no, I think how many seasons they do at Fargo so far? Or there, it's already there are four right now. The fifth one's about to come out. It's got a really good cast. And then uh, but season four is is fucking awful. I'm sorry. Chris Rock is a shit, shit, oh, shit, no. shit dramatic actor. You know, oh, I was no. like, Chris Rock be like, oh my God, Neil gets that shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no. And he's fucking awful. He, he this the whole, it, the whole four season just doesn't feel like they did. Fargo. They, I don't, I don't, they I don't did know. what they, I call the, the just call Saul show exhaustion. Like you just hit a fucking like, uh, just okay. call Saul. No, I feel you. You hit a certain point. In that's that show. But granted, at least better call Saul continues an overall story. I have no fucking clue. The, the whole point of season four apparently was to just describe one certain thing by the end of it. And I won't go into any details. <laughs> to give that away. Okay. It's like, what the fuck? That's retarded. <laughs> but that's me. 
Um, but seasons one through three of Fargo are fucking excellent. excellent yeah, it's, the first season's so captivating that it's just They're like, all on Hulu. Yeah. Fucking awesome. I have no excuse now. Holy shit. Better watch Dude, it. it's so good. It's so good. It's on Tubi. Um, but yeah, it's a, this is a fantastic movie. It's a, it's a masterpiece. Uh, hopefully one day we can do a fucking commentary on it, right? Be I fun. would love to. I would love to. Yeah, I'm down. It'd be really cool. It's a long uh, movie, but God damn, it does not feel long. And it feels like every minute of it. It's two minutes. Like compared yeah. to what we see nowadays, that's a fucking good running time in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no shit. And every minute of it is very purposeful. And then the movie would seem off if every minute, like you could take, pick any minute out of that movie and pull it out. The movie would seem fucked up. Right. Yeah. Right. Every yeah, scene I, is necessary. Every second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all. It's every, every great part editing. of it needs to be there. Yeah. Great editing. Great editing. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure whether or not this is a, a, a Cohen's uh, editor guy. Because I think Cohen's usually use the same people a lot. A lot Roderick, of the so. they, Roderick they James. Edited it, they produced it. They wrote. That's that's the pseudonym. It was the Cohen brothers who uh, um, edited, oh, edited it. They produced shit. it. They wrote it. They directed it. It's the first movie <laughs> that won all those Oscars since. Fuck, I can't remember what the last one was. It's insane, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> that's so funny, dude. That, that. Right when you said, I didn't realize that either. And right when you said, because I'm on the Wikipedia article. Right when you said that, I click, clicked on fucking Roderick Jane, or sorry, Roderick Jane's name, and immediately went to the Coen Brothers Wikipedia page. <laughs> 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 that's too good. Nice. <laughs> fucking sick. Well, uh, you got anything else to say, guys, before we come up here? Nah, man, I. Well, not out of me, but this is one of my favorite movies, if not my yeah. favorite movie, and at least top three. I have a hard time after, especially after watching it, trying to figure out what's better than it. But uh, goddamn, I love this movie to my very fucking soul. Makes me emotional thinking about the how well it's done. Like trying to achieve something this great, masterfully great, artistically amazing is just just to see that this exists to me is one of the coolest fucking things I think that humanity's ever done, film industry's ever done. Uh, this is pure art, in my opinion. Yeah, I, yeah, I could not I agree. agree more, man. It also kind of reminds me of like The Godfather, like the classic fucking films that you know mm-hmm. the moment you see it that like that's gonna be that's oh, gonna be yeah. popular till the end of time. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is and, something, right? That that this is something fucking moment when you see it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I I completely agree, man. Um, so and this is the last piece of information I'm going to say. This is the second Best Picture Academy Award winner to be produced, directed, written, and edited by the same person. In this case, two people, Joel and Ethan Cohen. The first one was James Cameron for Titanic, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's it, man. One of my favorite movies of all time. I love this. It's easily in my top three. It's just fucking amazing. It's horrible and bleak, but that's what's <laughs> the genius of it all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, uh, uh, it's one of the most intense fucking movies I've ever seen. It's still super intense to this day. Um, you you do root for some of these people, even though they, the decisions they make are completely idiotic and ruin several <laughs> lives. But um, <laughs> you can't help but you can't help but root for some of them and feel bad for the wife and uh, a lot of people in the movie. But I mean, it's just a, an incredible R. experience. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's an incredible experience. I think I, w- I wish everybody goes out right now and watches the movie. Because um, on HBO Max. Yep. Oh yeah. Easy, easy, easily available to rent as well. So you can go to any go to Vudu or Red uh, Redbox. Uh, the app I definitely has it. So um, yeah, check it out. Go go find this fucking movie and watch it. Put it in your brain, man. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, go to. Uh, uh, 
Podbean and look up our back catalog over there, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Take it easy. Later. Maybe I'll go riding. Okay. What do you think? Well, I can't clean your deck. I mean, would you care to join me? Lord, no, I'm not retired. Maybe I'll help out here then. Uh, better not. How'd you sleep? I don't know. I had dreams. Well, you got time for them now. Anything interesting? They always is to the party concerned. And Tom, I'll be polite. All right, then. Two of them both had my father in them. It's peculiar. I'm older now than he ever was by 20 years. So, in a sense, he's the younger man. Anyway, the first one I don't remember too well, but it was about meeting him in town somewhere and he'd give me some money. I think I lost it. The second one, it was like we was both back in the older times. And I was a horseback going through the mountains for the night, going through this pass in the mountains. It was cold and there was snow on the ground. And he rode past me and kept on going, never said nothing going by, he just rode on past. And he had his blanket wrapped around him and his head down. When he rode past, I seen he was carrying fire in a horn, the way people used to do. And I, I could see the horn from the light inside of it, about the color of the moon. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there and all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up.